coming up. Y'all know any issues like that that we might have where people think that a man-made rule or custom is equal to God's law? Stuff that we might even do in the church. That's We created it. God didn't say do it. But we treat it as if it's God's law. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. Here's something to think about. How often do you stop and reflect on the lessons you've learned in life? Daily? Weekly? Never? Thankfully, we have a teacher who doesn't mind teaching and reteaching the most important things we need to know. In the message series, Lessons from Walking with Jesus, Pastor Robert unpacks some truth we can depend on, taken directly from the life and perspective of the greatest teacher that ever lived and those who walked with him. Here's the fourth message in the series, A Deeper Look at Myself. We've been looking at this topic from the eyes of the disciples who literally walked with Jesus. We talk about walking with Jesus because we're walking with him spiritually and, and figuratively, but they literally walked on the earth with him and they saw some things, they heard some things. And so we want to kind of go into their world a little bit and, and just see what they see and learn some lessons from their literal walk with Jesus. And so, as I said before, the first two points on our message, on, our, on your outline, we've, we left them there the whole series because I want to make sure we drill these points home into your spirits. And so, number one, write this down. Jesus is, I know this the fourth time you're writing it down, but um, I hope you don't get tired of declaring that Jesus is the master teacher. Jesus is the master teacher. Uh, I just really want you to get that in your spirit. This is something that's going to sustain us as we deal with the changing society. The changing society. The society is trying to teach us a whole lot of things that Jesus didn't want to teach us and didn't teach us. And so we need to understand that Jesus is the master teacher. And so Matthew 7, 28 and 29 says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, now I'm going to pause for a minute, give some context. Um, this was after the Sermon on the Mount. Okay. One of his most famous discourses, the Sermon on the Mount. And in the Sermon on the Mount, he started out, blessed are they that mourn. And he went down the list of all the blessed ours, blessed ours. And, and he talked about a whole bunch of stuff. He, 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 he kept speaking for like, seven, for like three chapters, um, all the way to chapter seven, starting in chapter five. And he just was talking. It was, it was one of his discourses. And, and biblically, that's, that's, they, they call his, the times where he spoke for a lengthy amount of time a discourse. And this is one of his discourses, the Sermon on the Mount. And this is picking up right at the end of it. And so it says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. 
<laughs> they were amazed. Why? Because he's a master teacher. And then they tell us why. And Matthew was so nice to us and kind to us to let us know why they were so amazed. It reads on, verse 29, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. <laughs> Y'all get that? Okay. You ever, you ever been in, a, in, in school or in a class or something, and then you had a teacher that was unlike any other teacher you ever had? It was something about them that was just different. This, this is basically what they're saying. They not only was the substance or the content of his teaching powerful and meaningful, but they added a piece on there. They said he's teaching with authority. Obviously, it was more authority than the teachers they had before. Because he said, he don't teach quite like the teachers we got. So they declared that, man, this, this, is, this dude is a great teacher. So I want all of us to understand within our hearts, because we talk about Jesus as Savior and Lord and all these other things, which he is. I don't know if we spend enough time thinking about how such a great teacher he is. And if we're not thinking about how such a great teacher he is, I'm sure we're not thinking about how I can be such a great student <laughs> of the great teacher. And so they declared that he was different. His teaching was different. Uh, B, write this down. Our goal is to be like our teacher. Our goal is to be like our teacher. Matthew 24, 25 says, the student is not above the teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for students to be like their teachers and servants like their master. Again, I want to drill this into your spirit. And this is Jesus talking. He says, it's enough. It is sufficient. It is satisfying for a student to be like his teacher. Okay, it's enough. Don't feel like any pressure on you to be something else other than like your teacher. And your teacher, Jesus. That's absolutely. <laughs> Because this world is going to try to pull you to be like somebody else that is not like your teacher. So we got to be, we got to feel satisfied. We got to feel like it's sufficient. So we don't compromise the teachings of our teacher in order to satisfy something or someone else. And it's taking the stance of not compromising. It may put you in some positions that you don't like. People may ridicule you, persecute you, talk about you, call you names, don't hire you for jobs. I mean, all kind of things can happen because you are just being like your teacher. And God is saying to us, it's enough. Be satisfied with just being like your teacher. Don't be compelled 
to do something other than what your teacher would do in order for the approval or to satisfy someone else. We have to get that into our spirits. So C, write this down. Um, even more lessons from walking with Jesus. Even more lessons from walking with Jesus. So we've been listing, we've listed several lessons and, and we've been looking at several areas of passage of scripture. And um, so now we're gonna dive in and get some more lessons. Again, we're looking at this from the perspective of disciples who literally walked on the earth with Jesus. Number one, people will question why you don't follow popular customs. People will question why you don't follow popular customs. When you're walking with Jesus, people are going to wonder why you don't do what everybody else do. It's going to happen. It says right here in the text, Mark 7, 5. So the Pharisees and teachers of religious laws asked him, they asked Jesus, why don't your disciples follow our age old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand washing ceremony. All right. There's some things we got to note about this. The Pharisees are questioning Jesus about his disciples. And asking them, well, why they don't do what we do? Why they don't follow our customs and our traditions? Old traditions. And the fact that they're asking them that means they've been, they've been paying attention to them. They've been watching them. So that's something you got to understand. When you're walking with Jesus, folks are watching you. They're watching what you do or don't do. They're watching. <laughs> and here the Pharisees was watching his disciples they should have been watching Jesus more than they were looking at the disciples. <laughs> and, and that's another point we ought to understand about this. Folks are watching you, and they, sometimes they, they lose their eye. They, keep, they take their eye off Jesus. They're watching you so much as they were. And so they're questioning Jesus about their disciples not washing their hands before they eat. <laughs> Why don't you do that? Well, I was um, a good friend of mine. I was um, the best man in his wedding. And so we got to the reception. And so you know what happens at the reception, the best man, right? The, what's the custom? The custom is the best man do a toast. Say a few words and do a toast. That's the custom. That's one of the customs. I'm going to talk about another one customs in a, in a second. And so it came time for me to say some words and do a toast. So I said some words. And, you know, I quoted some scriptures like, <laughs> when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying? I quoted some scriptures, you know. And, and, you know, and folks was like, yeah, right. And then I said some other things, and then it came time for the toast. So I told them, I took my glass, I said, I'm going to put my glass down. <laughs> I'm going to put it down. Because marriage is tough. And quite frankly, a toast ain't going to help them. <laughs> I, told, I told the whole audience that. I, 
I did. I said a, a toast ain't gonna help him. I, I said I'm putting my I'm, I'm just I'm putting my glass down. And I said so at the count of three, we just gonna all say, "May God bless y'all." <laughs> I mean, and so I had them say, "May God bless you," because I, I marriage is tough. I ain't going to be thinking about the, when you get to that tough moment when, you know, the house is going crazy, you and your spouse is going at it, you ain't thinking about your toast. You're going to be like, you know, we ought to make up because, you know, my best man gave a great toast. That ain't, no, it ain't going to help you. Toast don't help you. I said, but a blessing from God will. My son, you know, I hope you hope he don't mind me sharing this. He was just the best man in one of his friends' wedding. <laughs> and um and so he gave his speech. I don't I don't know what he did with regards to the toast. I don't I don't think he did what I did. But he did do something. Um he challenged everybody in the room. He says, "We all are responsible. It's it's not just they got married. They got married, but we are responsible every single one of us." to help them keep it together because it's tough. And we need to, be, we need to own that, that, that I'm going to do what I can to make this thing work. He challenged all of them to do that. So we, we, we and, and the point is, is that uh, uh, people would rather at times that you stay with the custom but there's, there's some better things than some of our customs. There's some better things. Another custom for marriage is the, the bachelor party <laughs> or the, the, the uh, bridal shower, whatever. What do they call it? The, the ladies on the, what, what is it? Yeah. Bachelorette party, right? That's another custom. So my friend and my same friend, same wedding, um, we gave him a bachelor party. But you know what our bachelor party was? We brought in some extra TVs into the, into the house, and we had video games going on in like four or five different TVs. That was the party. We had, had a few other brothers bring, bring your video game set, console set, and so we was playing video games for his bachelor party. And we had a blast. It was, it was a blast. <laughs> yeah. I, I went to my cousin's, my cousin invited me to his bachelor party. And I wasn't, you know, I really wasn't thinking, I wasn't thinking it was going to be. <laughs> For some reason, I just wasn't thinking it was going to be the typical bachelor party. Because my, my, my cousin was saved, you know, in the church. And so I thought, I mean, I just... I'm just saying, I thought when I got there, I just went to support him. And so we were there eating and just, you know, music was playing. And then the door opened. I don't have to tell y'all what came through the door. <laughs> All right. All right. It wasn't wholesome. I, I mean, I can tell you that. It wasn't wholesome. And I literally, I literally, you can call me doofless or whatever, but I just, I mean, I was younger in my early 20s or something. I, you can call me doofless. I literally sat there, and I'm going, I was trying to understand. I was trying to wrap my head around this, what I was experiencing here. 
And um, so, yeah. <laughs> and at that, at, at that very moment, I realized, you know what? I got to reevaluate anytime, anybody, I don't care who they are, invite me to a bachelor party. All right? And folks will wonder why, as they did, why you don't stick to our customs. And you can tell them, because it ain't like my teacher. How about that? <laughs> you can tell them that, because that custom is not like my teacher. That's why I don't stick with it. So it is enough to be like our teacher, as we said before. Number two, uh, some social norms can lead you away from God's commands. Some social norms can lead you away from God's commands. And I put lead there for a reason, and I'll talk about that in a second. Mark 7, 6, and 8 says, Jesus replied, again, he's replying to their question, why don't your disciples follow our customs, our traditions of washing hands before they eat? And so it says again, Jesus replied, you hypocrites. <laughs> I'll let that, let that marinate a little bit. Just, let's, let's sit on that just a minute. All they did was ask Jesus, why don't the folk who follow you wash their hands like we do with our tradition of this hand-washing ceremony. And when you, when you look in the book of Matthew, Matthew gives a little more flavor. He talks about not only do they wash hands, they wash pots and kettles and all that. They, they got this washing thing. They've said it's, you know, the tradition. You're supposed to do it. And Jesus' reply is, you hypocrites. That, that ought to get your attention. It's like, why is... Jesus calling them hypocrites when they ask him a question about what their disciples do related to social norms. Should get your attention. He reads on. He says, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce. For they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. For you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. Wow. Jesus indicted them for teaching man-made laws as if it's God's law. I'm going to say that again. He indicted them. For teaching as if a man-made law is a law from God. And these were the religious people. It wasn't just the normal folk. It was the religious leaders. He indicted for teaching that a man-made law was like a law of God. Like it was equal to a law of God. Y'all know any issues like that that we might have where people think that a man-made rule or custom is equal to God's law? Stuff that we might even do in the church. That's, we created it. God didn't say do it. But we treat it as if 
It's God's law. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God, and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. Do you see how traditions of men, how people can get you so off base? They can get you so off base. Trying to please people can get you off base. And they missed the whole point and questioned Jesus about how he offended the, the perfect Jesus, the sinless Jesus. And they're going to ask him, don't you realize you offended them? Oh. We get off base. We can get off base. Thank you for listening.